recording. Welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And we are launching into a new study. The study is called How to Build Your Life on God's Word. And I'm convinced this is a study that is very much needed. Chris? Several years ago, I was a part of a group that was doing a study called Read the Bible for Life. And uh, some of the same statistics, the statistics are consistent uh, regarding biblical illiteracy of Christians right. and the lack of people taking time to read God's word. And I think you're going to reference that in just a moment, but it's good to be with you. We are going to talk today about why we need God's word. So it's a very basic introduction to, to this study. It's a good launch for it. And joining Chris and I uh, for this podcast is uh, Chris James. Chris is the, uh, the writer of this particular study, how to study, how to build your life on God's word. So Chris, thank you for joining us for this podcast. Glad to be with you guys. Now, Chris is a uh, he's a he's in Massachusetts. He's the lead pastor at Mill City Church in Lowell, Massachusetts. And now, Chris, do you still work with the uh, the Baptist Collegiate Ministries up there as well? I do. I, I work with our state convention. Um, I still work some with our local campus here at University of Massachusetts in Lowell, and also do some strategy work with our our regional convention here in New England as well. So I'm uh, I've been in. I was raised in Mississippi. Uh, went to school and and at Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, and after graduating there, I moved to the New England area, just northwest of Boston, in a place called Lowell, where I've been for the last twenty years. I'm love leading my church and investing in younger uh, younger guys and raising them up, and and always love the opportunity to write and share God's word with others. So thanks again for the opportunity. So I'm curious, what what took you to what caused you to initially go? Uh, to Massachusetts. Well, one of the beautiful things about campus ministry is you get exposed to things that you probably wouldn't be exposed to otherwise. And one of those is missions. And you, you get to go to areas of the world that you wouldn't normally go to on your own. And so when I was, a, here's the very short answer to your question. My senior year of college, I went on a spring break mission trip to Boston, Massachusetts with our campus ministry. And I really just saw the need for disciple making on college campuses and um, went through the process with North American Mission Board and went originally as a student missionary and then went to career missionary as strategist and church planter. And just about every, I feel like I've had just about every position I can have on the field um, with NAM. Um, and so that's the short answer to that question. Okay, cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, Chris, I'd mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that this study we're looking at, how to build your life on God's word, that it's a greatly needed study. In your introduction to this uh, study, in the introduction, you made this quote. You said only only 32% of those who attend church read the Bible daily. Only a third of churchgoers who attend read the Bible Chris Johnson, you've already referred to the, the biblical illiteracy issue we have, and we're talking about studying God's word. I, this is why I think this is so needed, because not enough of us are really grounding our lives in God's word. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and, and, and this is where we see a little bit of, uh, I guess, an inconsistency sometimes in just the things that we say or, the, or, or even the things that we, we think that we might believe. 
Um, a lot of times, I, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we might even hold to ideas about God or cultural understandings about God or Christianity than, than actually a biblical worldview. And I think that's actually what we're kind of getting at in this study and what you're alluding to, Lynn, is that there is a difference between understanding some things about Christianity or understanding some truths about God and actually having a biblical worldview where you're allowing uh, the Bible to actually uh, put, it, put a lens over your eyes through which you see the world rather than reading the world into the Bible, like reading today's world. You're trying to read today's culture into the Bible rather than allowing a, a strong biblical worldview to form the lens through which you see the world. And I, I think that's why this, is, this study is so important and why that, that statistic should, should strike us uh, at our hearts. Well, you've hit the very heart of certainly our first session, which before we even get into the, the, I should say, get into the weeds of how to build our life on God's word, we're going to look at that issue, why we even need God's word. So for this study, we're going to be uh, in, we're going to be in Second Timothy chapter three. Uh, and this is going to be our focus throughout this is why do we need God's word? It's because the Bible re reveals everything we need to live victorious. Let me start reading in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul wrote these words, but know this, hard times will come in the last days for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanders, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, Reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid these people. And we see, why do we need God's word? We see here sin is abounding in our culture. So it, it really is amazing to me, and Chris, you allude to this, that it what Paul described 2,000 years ago sounds like today. It sure does. It does sound like today, and and I will be honest with you, when I read this, it is so easy, right? We read this, and we look at everything around us, and it's so easy for us to say, yeah, those people, and those people, and those people, but when I approach this text, I, I need to allow this text to cause me to question myself, right? Because if, if those, those of us who are talking on this podcast and those who are listening to us talk, if any one of us were honest, we would say, wow, I fit so many of those categories on so many days. And I think that's what, and we'll, we'll look at this a little bit later in the text, but before looking out there in the culture, we need to look inside in our own hearts and allow the word that to, to confront us in our own hearts. Well said. My tendency, my human tendency is to look at this list and really park on those that I know are not an issue for me and try to kind of gloss over those that, yeah, God probably really needs to work on me in that area. Uh, but it's a good point that, I mean, sin does abound in our culture, but it is in our lives as well. Uh, we've always got to stay focused and dependent on Christ to become more like him and not more like the world as it's described here. Out of the gate. And this for, for us, the three of us, and for those of you who are listening, uh, this is a very, 
personal study. And, and Chris, you do a great job of this throughout. So ha- where does this hit in my life? And uh, so just, just know that from week one all the way through the end, uh, we're going to press on those of you who are listening to pay attention to how, how do these things describe me and the struggles that I have and the needs that I have in my life. So it's going to be a very practical and personal study. So as we're looking at this question, why do we need God's word? These first five verses of 2 Timothy 3 help us to see that sin abounds in our culture. But as we go down to verse 13, what I want to see is, yeah, sin may abound, but the only way I can avoid sin, it's, it requires the wisdom of God in my life. Avoiding sin requires the wisdom of God's word. Verse 13, evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continuing what you have learned and firmly believed, you know those who taught you, and you know that from infancy, infancy, you have known the, the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. It's personal. It's it's um, he 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 started in the in the first section with uh, life's hard, and it's and then in this section, it's like. It's 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 hard. It's bad, and it's going to get worse. <laughs> Very hopeful. Yeah, and there, there's a. I, I think for me, one of the things that I'm constantly realizing as I interact with the scriptures, and I also look at the world around me, I, I do think that there's a tendency sometimes for us as Christians to look around us and see what's going on in our world or in our culture, and we're we're shocked by it. And, and I don't want to communicate that we should never lose a sensitivity to the spiritual realities going on around us. That is true, and we should have that. But at the same time, there, there is a, a rawness in the Scripture that throughout the New Testament, where there is just this realistic view of the world, that it, it's sinful, it's hard, it's trying and, and so there's not this vision of life that's just butterflies and rainbows. Um, and so we shouldn't lose our spiritual sensitivity to what's going on around us, but we also shouldn't be shocked by it because the Bible tells us to expect hardship. The Bible tells us to expect that the way of the world is going to be counter to the way of God. So don't be shocked by it and, and don't be fearful of it. Um, and, and so that, that's an encouragement to me because the Bible, and I think this is an apologetic for the case uh, and a case for Christianity is that the Bible communicates the world as it is, um, not a utopia that doesn't exist. Again, you remind us that, that those, these kind of things are going on in the world in which we live and it's going to get worse. But the reality is these things are going on in the church and in our lives. And so that, that, that reminder is there again for us. But what Paul is telling Timothy as he's describing the evil, he says, but for you, you continue in what you've learned and what you firmly believe. And I like how he describes, he's, you know, hold on to the scriptures. But I like how he describes the scriptures in verse 15, where he says the scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, uh, in, in your writing, Chris, you referenced, uh, in particular, the scriptures, how God uses his word 
to show us two things, how to be saved and how to be sanctified. Yeah, absolutely. And I think both are so important. Um, how, are we, how is it that we're saved? We're saved by his word, the word of the gospel, right? Um, but I think a lot of us might have the temptation to believe that salvation is just simply about believing in Jesus and then waiting it out until I die and see him face to face. Well, no, there's another aspect of the word of God too. The word of God actually is there to be that formative tool in my life every day to make me look more and more like Jesus. And the way that I threaded this out through the study is um, in this world, the world is going to march to the beat of a drummer. (laughs) But what the word of God does is it, it constrains us to say, no, 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 you're going to march to the beat of a different drummer. Um, and, and, it's, and you're going to find that, that score, if we want to use that imagery, uh, in the pages of his word. Um, and that's where the sanctification comes in. Um, singing the song of Jesus is, is the process of sanctification. So you list, um, and I want, I want you to speak into this a little bit, uh, some of the, the spiritual values of our culture. Um, in this section, um, you list um, there is no objective truth, which is uh, relativism. Uh, all religions are equal paths uh, to heaven, which is pluralism. Just be a good person, moralism. Live your own personal truth, individualism, and do whatever makes you happy, hedonism. Would you speak to those uh, values in our culture right now? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and you can see any one of those in a case study, just scroll through your social media feed. It's one of those things that everybody doesn't have to be a student of philosophy um, in order to understand these values. Um, you scroll through your scro- social media feed. We, we live for ourselves. We're all looking for an identity. Um, we live for pleasure and happiness. Even really good, well-meaning Christian people sometimes will say things like, well, whatever makes you happy, right? Uh, w- very good moms and dads will say, all I want is for my kids to be happy. Well, that's hedonism. I mean, at its core, you know? Um, and so you can just scroll through all of those isms. And the reality is, and this is what's really personal for me as a pastor, I do firmly believe that there's a lot of isms and danger that we face from the philosophies of the world, Chris. But we have to look internally too, and not just take this posture of it's us against the world and the world against us. These isms are alive and well and breeding in every one of our hearts. And it's why in our hearts, and it's why we need God's word. We need God's word to be the antidote to those isms so that I don't follow those drummers that are, are, are telling me to pursue all of those different isms in my life, right? The word of God checks those. And so before I just want to camp out against the world, I want to look inside of my heart and say, no, the word of God needs to be my check here. My check, which is again why why we need God's word in our life. It's going to give us the wisdom to see where I'm falling in line with the world, as opposed to falling in line with becoming like Jesus. Uh, it gives us that direction. When you come to verse 16, 2 Timothy three sixteen, the reason we uh, 
we look to the scripture for wisdom is because it is God's word. He comes straight from God and he gives it to give us the wisdom and to mature us. Let me read verse 16 and verse 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So these are familiar words for us. And I think probably for a lot of our people in there, they are, this is a passage that we reference a lot when we talk about the value and the importance of God's word. Um, but it's a whole different thing, I think, good for us to look at it in the context uh, where, where Paul wrote these words as he was inspired by the Spirit. So let me ask the question. Uh, the Christian Standard Edition uh, Bible uses the phrase inspired by God. I don't want to assume everybody understands uh, the same way what that means, that the Bible is inspired. Uh, can you give us some clarification on that? Yeah, different translations are going to translate it differently, right? Some some translations will say inspired by God. Others will say it's literally God breathed. Um, at its basic definition, it just simply means that what we have in the scriptures, it simply derives from God. Um, it's from God. And I, I think I explained this uh, in the content of the study, too, a little bit of what that means is that God took 40 some authors throughout the Bible, um, took 40 some authors, used their cultural moment, their locale, their language, their intellect, their, their reasoning abilities, but superintended the process so that what they wrote was what he wanted to, to be written. Um, and so even though he used very human authors in their context and with their language and with their abilities, it was God who was ultimately bringing that to pass. Um, but getting outside of the theological, uh, if I can just say it this way, the theological jargon of it, at the very base level, we just want to recognize that the Bible has its origin in God. This is not man's ideas about God. This isn't Paul sitting under a tree, just meditating and writing some thoughts so that we can write, read his journal. There was something supernatural here that God was doing, and, and we just basically need to say, okay, this is from God, and I need to trust that. The beauty of his word, too, is what God has given us is it's just so thorough and complete in what it can do in our lives. Uh, of course, Paul referred to this, he says, because it is profitable, and he mentions these four areas, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I, I was, it was my college days. I remember reading a book from the Navigators uh, in their discipleship ministry and how they described the process. The first step, he says, is teaching. You know, God's showing us how to live. He's teaching us this is the road we go on. But when we fall off that road, well, in other words, when we sin, when we get off the path, his word rebukes us. But the word doesn't just rebuke us and say, you miserable fool, you, you failed. It doesn't do that. But it also corrects us, shows us how to get back on the path. And then it trains us in righteousness to keep walking that path. Uh, for me, that just helped capture the, the, the completeness of God's word for every aspect of my life. And the beauty of that, Lynn, and this is where, I mean, I, I want to contrast this against uh, – 
against us humans, right? Um, we might do one or two of those things better than others, right? Or, or at our, on our worst day, we might emphasize one of those things more than the others without bringing in the other two or three. Um, but God's word is perfect. And God's word perfectly teaches us and perfectly corrects us, but then corrects us. And then through that whole process, he's training us up. And so God perfectly does what we humans very imperfectly do. Thank you for that. I think that it's important for us to know that the, the, the goal or the purpose uh, for God doing these things through his word is that we become mature, that we grow and we develop and be, become more like Jesus and become the people that God wants us to be. So this is why we do God, we read God's word and we apply it to our lives so that we uh, have that opportunity to, to develop and to mature into the person that God wants us to be. Gentlemen, I think this has been a very good discussion. And for those of you who are uh, assuming you're listening to this podcast before you meet with your Bible study group, whether you're uh, a member of the group or the teacher, I would encourage you to contact somebody, uh, so another believer. Maybe they're uh, they don't they're not in a Bible study group, or maybe they they come infrequently. Encourage them to come and let them embrace and see why they need God's word in their life. And then as we go through these next uh, few weeks, as we unpack the different ways that we bring God's word into our lives, uh, I hope you'll do that. Chris, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for writing this study. And we're delighted that you'll be with us again in a few weeks. So we look forward to having the opportunity to have you on another podcast in a few weeks. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right. And so for all of you, I hope you have a great Bible study this week, and we will see you at our next podcast. <laughs>